Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. It is Sunday, August 30th, in the longest August in the history of time, I believe. I don't know why we've all had this experience, but I believe we have. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica. It's Sunday morning. I'm on the line with three of my sisters. Monica is on vacation in Bend, Oregon, so she will not be joining us. But, Leanne, there you are in Pasadena, California. How's everything out there? I'm here. I'm a little tired. I had kind of a midnight swim under that moon last night. Oh. It, just, it was so, so hot here. Yeah. I couldn't sleep, so we did some late-night swimming. Was that, moon, was, that a, was that a super moon, or was it just an awesome moon? I think it was just an awesome moon. Because I noticed the moon last night, too. <laughs> nice moon. Good job, moon. Uh, Sheila Dolan, you're in South Pasadena. Were you out after sunset? Did you happen to catch the moon? No, no, but I've been saying this every day for two weeks. I, I, I call a friend and say, no, 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 today is the hottest day. <laughs> and today I know. is the hottest day. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah, what I know. it's been like. Yeah. Okay. And once again, we apologize to Julie Dolan. You're in Dallas, Texas, where, of course, it's even hotter. But, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm feeling for you guys. I, I mean, I do hope you get some rain. Uh, but, yeah, you just have to uh, move slowly when it's hot. So or yeah. swim late at night. One of the two, apparently. <laughs> uh, we have a very full Satellite Sisters show for you today. Um, Leanne, you're going to tell us what it takes to act like a hero. That would be helpful. Yeah, an interesting study has just come out from some people that call themselves evolutionary dynamicists. Oh, that's <laughs> that's a thing. Ha. They're totally they're totally legitimate. You know, it's like uh -huh. looking at how did people end up doing what we we end up doing. And they did a study. One guy did a study surveying all fifty one members of or fifty one recipients of the Carnegie Medal for Heroism oh. and what their common traits were. And it's pretty mm. interesting it, okay. how how heroes can evolve. Uh, very interesting. Sheila, I know you are heroically trying to go off sugar. How's that? We're going to hear about how that's working for you, right? I, I believe that does take heroism. I really do. Uh, I, I deserve a medal. <laughs> Julie, you've got some movie recommendations or some commentaries. So, or commentary. Some both. Yes, yeah. these are. Well, I went, one, I would say, is more of a rant than a commentary. Uh -huh. oh. uh, and the other is a recommendation. No, don't worry. Don't worry. But they're not reviews, okay? But uh, it's information you can use, no doubt. Okay. I have uh, two bogus stories about anti-aging strategies, um, or they feel bogus to me, but I'll put it out to the sisterhood. Uh, and, um, and then we got a Facebook roundup, lots of activity on our Facebook group there, if you join the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Um, but first, how about that Instagram contest that's going on there? At, if, you're, if you have to tag us at Sat Sisters. Uh, Leon, have you been participating? Have you been Instagramming? 
A little bit. You know, okay. I'm not really a photo person. I've been I've been liking people's hearting. I don't know what they call it on Instagram. <laughs> and this this week, the uh, the collision of Satsis Summer's Fun and National Dog Day really produced quite a few excellent <laughs> shots of like hot dogs all, or swimming dogs all over America. So That's true. The contest is hashtag Sat Sisters Summer Fun. Just post any photo of the summer fun you're having with the hashtag um, Sat Sisters Summer Fun. And next week, next Sunday show, we will be announcing the two winners. Now, Julie, I think of all the sisters, you have done the best bang up job on Instagram this summer. Uh, I, listen, I have totally embraced this technology. You see, I was one of the first to put up uh, a video, yes. on, uh, uh-huh. which you can do, and we enjoy that. And then now I've started downloading other apps so you can do really weird pictures. How about that <laughs> bubble picture of the sisters? You like that? <laughs> yes, that, that, that not really so scary. Yeah. It was, it was really. that. Oh no, that was cool. That's the app is called Circular. But I, every day I check it. People all across America are having fun on their a summer vacation. I mean, I've, there's so many lakes and rivers and and bays and you know. I mean, I just oceans. We I, we can't get enough of it. And this is the last week of summer, people. Yeah. So. Don't be afraid. Just say to yourself, if Julie can do it, you can do it. That's that's really, <laughs> really. That's true. I'm, I, right? That's yes, true. That's true. That's You're not true. exactly the early adopter. And, <laughs> no, I'm uh, not. But no, you've, no. this is, Instagram is simple. So we have more than a thousand entries, by the by, or more than a thousand posts, I should say. And uh, so some people have quite a few and other people have just tried one or two. The more, the merrier. It's fun. To, it's, it's enjoyable just to look at it all. It's like a cavalcade of summer fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, so next Sunday, you know, we have an actual prize for this contest. No kidding. Sol de Janeiro, which is a great skincare product line. Um, with all Brazilian uh, ingredients from the rainforest. So I'm sure that's super for you in every way. Um, their Samba two-step foot fetish uh, kit is, uh, we're giving out two prizes, one for the best current photo, and then we had a separate category for sort of throwback photos. There are people that have summer fun from summer's past. So uh, we'll be drawing those next weekend and announcing the winners on the show. So, you know, get in on the hashtag Sad Sister Summer Fun. And just in general, if you're on um, uh, Instagram, um, we are at Sat Sisters, so you can uh, start following us. And there will be lots more happening in the fall. So that's why we wanted to get this started. Anything else on Instagram? Oh, I did read on the, this weekend that Jay-Z, or Jay, is the cool people call him, Jay, um, the, he joined Instagram, posted one thing about Michael Jackson, and then deleted his account or something. Or, so he only lasted 14 hours on Instagram. And yet Julie Dolan is leading I, the way. So I, uh, just you can just call me Jay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the true Jay. Julie Jay. Uh, anyway, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so you know last week we had the amazing story of the three young Americans and the British businessman who thwarted that gunman's attack on the French train, right? Amazing that was incredible. Story. 
We've talked about it. Two of them had military training. So there was an interesting piece in the New York Times today um, written by two social scientists who have done some work in this area on what actually makes a hero. And they wanted to sort of examine that line that you always hear people say when they pull people from burning buildings or cars in a lake or the same thing that the the guy said about the train in France. I just, I didn't think it was just gut instinct, right? That's all, that's mm-hmm. what people seem to say. Mm-hmm. So, so these are social scientists who kind of look at how human beings have evolved into what we are today. And so they wanted to ask the question like, well, what could possibly be the payoff? Like, how did we get here that people would not think about risking their lives mm-hmm. because we that's like our one hallmark is that we actually have a brain and we could stop to think but is there some kind of payoff for just acting on gut instinct and um so yeah because just, you would think the evolutionary payoff would be for the people that didn't throw themselves in harm's way right exactly Liz. Mm-hmm. exactly right uh that we wouldn't be here if everyone tried to be a hero yes so, right so don't worry uh, everyone don't try to be a hero <laughs> <laughs> Don't be a hero is what I'm saying. Um, okay, so they interviewed all they interviewed 51 recipients of the Carnegie Medal of Courage, and then they evaluated the transcripts, and they found overwhelmingly that all of these people said that their instincts were intuitive and virtually never carefully reasoned, that they just acted first and thought later. So they they created they wanted to create a model to decide, well, why is that? You know, over time, why have we made those choices? So they start out with simple things like, you know, taking a risk. It's not a risk to invite somebody out to lunch. And the payoff is they might, you know, someday invite you out to lunch. Or someone comes to you at the office and says, oh, my God, I need help with something overnight. And you're busy, but you drop everything and you help them. Well, there may be a payoff down the line. So they um, invented this very complicated game theory with an envelope, and I am not going to try to describe it to you <laughs> on radio. Okay, but can I just say you did a bang-up job on Tuesday's show describing black holes. So <laughs> don't, don't underestimate yourself, Leanne. Go ahead, Leanne. If there's some, you know, sock in the laundry paradox parallel here, go for it. <laughs> if Let you can interpret Stephen Hawking for Julie on a Tuesday show and have it make sense to everyone listening, including me, just dive right in, sister, I say. Well, this is two envelopes, okay? You have player one, player two. And there are all kinds of baits and switches, like player one has to decide if they're going to open the envelope based on what player t- player two tells them the outcome might be on the envelope. That, that's all I'm going with. Okay. Because it's a okay. lot of back. It would be like describing somebody's, um, I don't know, monopoly game, like in detail. So I'm not going to do that. But here's what their <laughs> findings were. Okay. So player one, uh, the model shows that we indeed have developed the tendency to help without thinking when these conditions are uh, in play. Okay. When, when making, when doing something helpful is small, and it doesn't have dire consequences. Okay, we're good with that. Mm-hmm. Okay, if uh, if we are as player one, look at player two and say, oh, if I don't help them, they are really going to be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And then right. the third, the third one is when your long term relationship, when player one's long term relationship with player two is invaluable. So that's like a parent child situation. You know, yeah. when you hear those terrible stories of oh, the kid was drowning and the parent went in and they both drowned. That's that's player three. So. Mm-hmm. When so these conditions are met, you know, people inst- instinct instinctively will go out and risk their lives to help people. 
which is kind of shocking, <laughs> isn't it? Mm-hmm. But then they point out this con, the, the military training that two of these guys had, they actually help develop that sort of selfless instinct because it's not, there is the actual training, which is helpful, how to work with guns and enemies and things like that. But it's just the idea of how the enemy train or how the military trains people. It's like the envelope game over and over that, you know, you learn how to cooperate with your fellow soldiers, that you work together, you work as a unit, you know, you, you fight, you put yourself in personal risk to help the person next to you and you work together for relatively long periods of time. So you've built up these deep personal relationships. So it does actually matter. The outcome matters Mm. when in your group is hurt. Mm -hmm. So I thought that's actually interesting. So, you know, it is interesting. Do you think also, because we now sort of, it's very common in the media that anytime there's any kind of tragedy, there's, you know, we always point out the heroes. We always, uh, you know, that there are always stories about sort of the personal courage and that's probably too true. You know, that that people want to emulate that, you know, that we now know like this is good behavior. This is behavior that's valued. Um, and, you know, maybe it makes people that didn't think they were, you know, had that ability to sort of step up and say, hey, you know, I, you know, I want to do the right thing in this situation. You yeah, know? I, yeah, I'm sure that's, that's true. true. Except this was so instinctive, too. It's not like they sat and thought about that. You know, no, that's just, correct. That charging the guy that. with an automatic weapon was just instinctive to them, which yep. is hard to imagine. <laughs> I know. Right. I that's what I mean. I mean, we grew up in a big military unit in the Dolan family. <laughs> I, don't believe, I don't believe we had that all for one, one for all situation. I'm not, <laughs> not sure we actually, my, our parents achieved that in our upbringing, <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. I just thought it was interesting that you can actually sort of track these things uh, in an evolutionary way, you know, mm-hmm. that it's, that's, that's why we all exist. And Frankly, I mean, let's face it. Every time you really think about being a firefighter, you're like, what kind of idiot are you running into the burning building? You know? I don't like that at all, Leanne. I I that at all. No, I, I, I admire them. I'm like, who runs into a burning building? Is You know, that's crazy. But lots of people want to run into burning buildings. So somehow, mm-hmm. you know, in an evolutionary fashion, we've we managed to breed that into ourselves. Good. Thank Good. goodness. Thank wow. goodness. You think about all those firefighters here in the West this right summer now. and how hard they're working. And I heard a firefighter interviewed on the news this morning and, you know, they're working 16-hour shifts and then resting for eight hours and going back out there. Thank goodness people have the instinct to do right. something good that is, like, beyond any personal reward, you know? Yes. Well, I was just feeling I'm no hero, Lynn. All I'm here to talk about is food today, <laughs> if that's all right. Um, from the sublime to the ridiculous. No, um, what I am doing, sisters, is I'm doing a sugar fast. Mm. Why? Um, okay, so here's the thing. Um, I've been doing this new summer schedule on Netflix, <laughs> which involves I, I allow myself to watch one documentary a night. Otherwise, I'm just going to watch Damages all seven seasons for the fifth time, right? That's pretty much all that's on Netflix. (laughs) Bloodline, Damages, and Documentaries. (laughs) So I I watched this documentary called Hungry for Change. Have you ever seen it? No. 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 Okay. Well, one of one, you know, Christiane uh, Northrup. Yes. I think her name is. Okay. So she's. The doctor. 
she's a doctor. Mm-hmm. She's a woman's, you know, she's written many, many books on women's health, menopause, whatever. They did a whole documentary on dieting and sugar, blah, blah, blah. And she said something which struck a chord in me. I have it on my refrigerator door. And it says this, fat doesn't make you fat. Sugar does. Oh. Yeah. So I thought. But but Sheila, I don't think of you as someone who was eating a lot of sugar. You're so picky about what you eat. I will be heroic and admit that right now on the podcast that I do eat a lot of sugar. Um, I eat secret sugar. <laughs> secret sugar. Okay. So, um, Julie, you like your sugar, don't you, sometimes? Well, I like chocolate. Yes. That's okay. Where that's, so that's sugar. Yes. Uh, okay. But I, so I, but I, don't, if I don't sit down to a sugar bowl and like spoon <laughs> sugar in my mouth. I don't have any candy in my house. I don't either. But the whole thing is sugars and everything. Okay. Okay. But there's some certain things I can just knock right off the top, like right away. No more cake pops from Starbucks, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, that's the, I can identify those as having acid. It's not exactly secret sugar. But okay. okay. Yeah. All right. So, all right. And I only get the pink cake pop, not the chocolate with the caramel and salt. But nevertheless, pink cake pops are gone. They're gone uh-huh. off my list now. Uh-huh. All right. That's sad. Um, That's yeah. Sad. Mm. Well, I always wondered who bought those things, and now I know. <laughs> yes, a couple people do at night. Okay, how about muffin tops from yes. wherever? Like sometimes when I want a quick hit of sugar, I'll go in, order a muffin, seemingly healthy muffin. I just rip off the top and eat it. Yeah. Okay, no more muffin tops, mm-hmm. right? Right. And <laughs> you save a lot of money that way. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I thought that went out in the 80s, Sheila. Yeah. I thought people stopped eating muffin tops in the 80s. I okay. have not. And okay. okay. How about bars, bars, and bars? Leanne, you've telling, been telling me for years I have to stop eating bars. Bars are all sugar. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. Yeah. Bars, bars are gone now. Miraculously, for six days, I have not had a bar. Okay. How about those new coconut macaroons from the new bakery in South Pass? <laughs> More secret sugar sneaking up on you. Who would have um, ever thought? They are actually called sugar bombs. <laughs> so um, you better take those off your list. Okay. Candy in general. I never eat it, but in case there's a candy bowl, can't have it. Okay. Uh-huh. Donut holes. Um, I had a donut hole. About a month ago, it was good. It was really they good. They are delicious. Yes. Yeah. Um, vegan, normal, anything, any kind of cookie, cake, or ice cream, it's gone. It, it, you know, it's. <laughs> so far, there are no shockers really, on your list. <laughs> yeah. Done some really deep thinking about this sugar situation. Really finding it in the darkest corners of your diet. Okay, and here's the dark corner right here. Get ready for it. Salad dressing. Mm-hmm. Contains yeah. a lot of sugar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why yeah. I make my own. Yep. I make my own too. Um, so for a, a, if you had to knock off sugar, what would you knock? What would be the first thing that would go? That's an interesting question to think about. All right. Well, I don't need any of those things that you just listed. <laughs> you don't, Julie? No. Uh, uh, and any, um, what's your favorite sugar product, Jewel? Well, I guess it would be uh, chocolate that's, bars. Yeah. That's, that would, that's a that's little square. bit square yeah. of chocolate. Yeah. 
Right. That square of dark chocolate. Liz, you don't, you're not a big sugar person. No, I'm trying to think of all of the things you just named. I, I don't <laughs> it's, even... an, it's an eclectic list. <laughs> well, yeah. wine. Wine is the big one. Oh, yeah, that's wine, true. Wine. Okay, and that's really... The, alcohol that's... is a whole it's... another area. Yeah, but um, that's sugar. It's all sugar. And I don't, I don't use commercial salad dressing usually, but occasionally when I do, not like huge amount of sugar... And huge amount of salt, which is why I, I don't use it very much. But, yeah, you're right. The the cocktail category is probably yep. where I take in most of my sugar. Yeah. Well, day six, I'll let you know. I'm going to do it for 30 days and see what happens. Okay. How do you feel so far? I feel pretty crappy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Speaking of food, I've been thinking a lot about food. Um, a couple of restaurants, a few restaurants that opened up in Pasadena, which I thought – the names were either too long, too short, or just stupid. Okay, here's mm-hmm. here's here's a new one. Leanne, you might have been there. Alta Eats, Alta Eats. Yeah, I have been there. Yeah. It, it it sounds like alternate side of the street parking. It to does, me. <laughs> right? It's mm-hmm. just, yeah. Is it's it not, is it vegan? It's too no. many A's. Alta Eats. Well, well it's they, in Altadena. So oh. that's why it's called Alta Eats. It's te- it's technically in a town called Altadena. But oh, the so night we went there, there was no air conditioning. And so <laughs> it was it was Alta hot. It's all like, <laughs> I was Alta sweaty and <laughs> I was, yeah. and you Alta left. Yeah. <laughs> One of those things. You're sitting there and like a half an hour in, everyone is like sweating. We're like, I don't think the air conditioning is on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they feature a lot of duck eggs on everything. Yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Okay. The next one is is the back of the Bacchus Kitchen, which um, the whole idea of a Bacchus Kitchen, they have Pirates of the Caribbean theme nights and things <laughs> like that. So you are sitting down and you are chowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if I like that name so much. But, Lee, and I know you studied Greek history. That might appeal to you. <laughs> yeah, well, he's the god of wine. But yes. yes. And, and it, sometimes outrageous behavior. So mm-hmm. that, that one doesn't strike me as that odd if there's a lot of wine pairings. But, okay. you know, that, as <laughs> right. we know, that's off your list that's for sugar. So Okay. How about picnic with a K? Uh, well, it's gone. So you'll be. <laughs> okay. That's gone. I won't it's go gone. there. It came it and went, went very quickly. That's yeah. Sad. Okay, this is a too long a name for a coffee bar. Lavender and Honey Espresso Bar. Mm-hmm. I know. It's really good, though. Have you been there? No, I have not. Okay. I, I just, I just right. know. It sounds like a bakery, though. I agree. <laughs> and the coffee they feature, the name of the coffee is Clatch Coffee, which is a bad name. Okay. As, as in Coffee Clatch. Coffee Clatch. Oh, okay. That's it. Okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> Wow, you need to have a bar. I know yeah. I do. I know. <laughs> and the last one, which I think is kind of sad, the Little Sheep Mongolian Hot Pot. It just sounds like they're boiling a sheep in a, in a pot. It does. You are right about that. I mean, that's just not a good name. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have to pick very carefully now that uh, there's no sugar, you know, but. The hot pot might work for me, actually. That doesn't sound like yeah, it's too sugary. Feel it. yeah, it's, just, it's boiling. They're boiling up stuff in hot fat. I don't, I don't think you're going to enjoy that at all. Well, now that this whole food group is knocked out, Julie, I might go to fat. If fat, <laughs> if fat doesn't make me fat, then I'm going to eat fat. <laughs> that's what Christian Northrup said. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that's what she meant. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. Well, um, I have something that you might enjoy, Sheila, in the whole health and self-improvement category. And I read this in the New York Times. I was just curious, do people think this is a good idea or a bad idea? And it's a new place that's opened in the Financial District of New York. It's called Face Love Fitness. Did you read about this? No. 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 Okay. And the mission at Face Love Fitness uh, is to work face muscles the same way we do the rest of our bodies. So imagine. That's a good idea. I like this. I thought I would get mixed reaction to it, and I already did right there. (laughs) Leanne, was that you groaning? No, that was Sheila. Sheila. No, that was me. It's hard enough to move my gross motors, not my face muscles. I mean, my... I mean, it's hard enough to get out there and swim every day. Yeah. Never mind my face. Okay. Well, here's what a session is because the, I can see why, I don't know. I just wonder, is it really good for you to move your face muscles around a lot or really bad? Like sometimes when you stretch them out, doesn't that just make them saggier? But anyway, so a session at Face Love Fitness could involve a massage to activate the muscles. That sounds good. A forehead lift to tone the eye area. So imagine doing like chin-ups with your forehead. Uh, Then chin presses with a Pilates ring that rests under the chin. I can't even imagine what that is. Is a Pilates ring one of those things that you put pressure on it and it bends a little bit? Okay, we don't know. Obviously, we've never been to Pilates. (laughs) cooling jade rollers and then of course a spritz of orange mist at the end so um and you can also use they have a mouth exerciser from japan and other instruments that help slim the face or sharpen the chin and jaw muscles um and it's called they have it so it's a whole facial fitness line and the tagline for the line of products which interestingly is endorsed by um, soccer star Cristiano Ronaldo. Not sure why he would need any of these, but right. anyway, right. facial fitness pal. The tagline is shape up, face up. So, oh. so Sheila, what is yeah. And so, so the woman that runs this place compared it to face exercises. It's like doing crunches for your abs. So she recommends um, closing the eyes and looking cross-eyed towards the nose. Then squinting, eyelids still closed, and holding that for a few more seconds. Didn't our mother tell us never to do that? (laughs) But what is that supposed to do? What what would that fix? I'd be willing to do it if it it would would fix something. (laughs) It's unclear to me, that one, Julie. Unclear to me. No, Uh, I'm I'm jumping back to the documentary. Christian Northrup said, the most important beauty secret is sleep. Yeah. So I would say close your eyes and go to sleep. <laughs> There's another exercise here that involves opening the lips while clenching the teeth and pulling the corners of the mouth sideways with the index fingers so that you can make your bottom teeth visible. Sort of no. like a joker smile. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Which sounds like, again, would like stretch your mouth out of shape. But she says, no, this improves the tone of the mouth and chin. Um, not surprisingly, they have found, uh, that the biggest problem is compliance. (laughs) In other words, you do this once or twice and then you never want to do it again. Uh, she said two minutes every day is the minimum, but really you need five to six minutes a day of this. Uh, and I'm doing it right now. I've been doing it. I feel good, but that, (laughs) 
You know, we do a lot of face movement in yoga with your breathing. You make you these do. wild faces and stuff. I think that covers it. I think I'm good. I don't. I don't think I need a special face spa to go to. <laughs> right. And if I mean, you what do they charge do- for all this? What do they yeah, charge? For all this? You know, yeah. as you have noted before, Leon. The New York Times never tells what things cost. Oh, that's right. They okay. didn't. They didn't tell you about the hundred dollar underwear, and yeah. uh, I don't see any details in here about what it would cost. I'm not sure I need to go to any. If I only have to do five minutes a day, <laughs> do I need to go to a special place to do that? I, you know. Now well, isn't I, it five minutes a day on each section of your face, Liz? I mean, you know, oh, uh, I don't you know. know. So yeah, I, I, it makes total sense, you know, cause you do exercise the rest of your body. Right. Why, why, you know, and so if your muscles are starting to sag in your face, seems like it couldn't hurt. Give it a whirl. That's okay. what I say. <laughs> Our new motto here at Satellite Sisters. Give, give it a whirl. whirl. Uh, okay. Julie, you're the designated give it a whirl sister then for face exercises. We will check back with you. What do you think? Christmas and see how it's going? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can under, they make the point that it improves circulation and that you will, you will appear to have more of a glow and appear to be more awake. Um, and then they note the key is not overdoing it, which I don't think is a risk for me <laughs> <Right>. anyway. <clears throat> so face fitness, is it a thing? We're going to put that question out there. And hmm. if you have a point of view on this, obviously we have a split decision here on Satellite Sisters. Right. Another anti-aging thing that I, uh, that I saw this weekend, I tore this out of a magazine. By the way, for some reason, you know, I still get all of mom's magazines, even though our, our mother has been gone for several years now. So, um, yeah, I get, and they got talked into all kinds of crazy magazines in the last couple of years of their life. So, I mean, dad has a subscription to men's fitness, which is <laughs> hilarious <laughs> that I still get that. Our father who had, you know, fairly severe Alzheimer's for the last five years of his life was still getting <laughs> men's fitness. Anyway, so under mom's name, I get better homes and gardens, which I thought would be about homes and gardens. And, uh, <laughs> but I opened it for the first time this weekend and it's mainly again about food and beauty products and eating. It's just like another women's magazine about self-improvement in different packaging. It's, you know, you're, you're, it's it's basically about anti-aging, but you're sitting on a couch, and they provide the credit for the couch. Uh, <laughs> anyway, there's so I noticed an ad in here for an anti-aging hair treatment system. Oh, I'm oh, okay, okay. So better than no poo. <laughs> you better be pretty good. Well, and I'm thinking aging hair. Okay. It's kind of a thing, but how much of a thing? I don't know. But then I read the, um, in the ad copy, it says that this product, uh, which is available at Walgreens, uh, fights hair loss, which seems like a good idea, stimulates growth, which seems like a good idea. And then this one, I was like, "Mm." it said it battles graying. Now, Okay, yeah. that's going to do that. That is just not yeah. believable. Battles graying. Now, being in the marketing ad biz myself, I know when they use a totally non-scientific word like battles, it's because <laughs> there's no data at all to prove that it does anything related to graying. Right. Because they can't say prevents. They can't say if it actually did anything they would have a better verb there, like a a more results-oriented verb. 
but to battle Grang, fine, but it's a losing battle, ladies. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, we're all battling Grang, and I think we we do it with hair dye. Uh, <laughs> that's the only effective battle I've had towards Grang involves dying. And then the last thing, which also you know, this is like a red flag, totally bogus, when they use words like this, it adds vibrance. So vibrance is another thing that is like not a real thing. Mm. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Barely even a real word. Yeah, Certainly I was going to say, a... I, don't, I've never, I don't think it's a word. Yeah, but... I don't either. Yeah. I'm well, you can add it. And it seems like a good idea because the 20-year-old in the ad, her hair looks fabulous. And she's <laughs> obviously been using this anti-aging hair system. It says you start to see results in just two weeks. So, you know. Okay, I'm hooked, Liz. What is this product? <laughs> well, this is another suspicious thing, Julie. That is the name of the product, anti-aging hair treatment system. So that's not even a real product name, right? That's, but that's what they call it. Peptide amino vitamin complex. I don't know what to tell you. Walgreens. Just, I'm sure Walgreens has a giant anti-aging aisle. Uh, it's it's my center for anti-aging. <laughs> it is. No, I don't. No, it's not. So I was just focusing on hair and face today in my battle uh, against aging. Both of these things I'm highly suspicious of, but anyone that wants to try it, uh, be my guest. I just wanted to bring it to your attention because you know that the the scientific lab at um, House Beautiful or Home and Garden or whatever yeah. this magazine whatever. Is. Oh, Better Homes and Gardens. Better Homes and Gardens. <laughs> Better Homes and Gardens and uh, Faces and Hair. So, um, Liz, if you want to give that a whirl, go for it. Okay. Apparently, vibrance is a word. <laughs> And but it, most people say vibrancy. Yeah. So, uh, mm. but I guess, you know, but maybe they're different things. And I'm, believe me, I'm sure we'll hear from someone. So <laughs> as soon as I said that, I know that <laughs> the grammar people will be on us. So it's please. just, I, I believe it's a word and it's a, I just don't know that it's a, something that is a scientific thing you can measure in your hair. Mm-hmm. seems like, anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Moving on. Well, it's the good thing is it's at Walgreens, so it may not be wildly expensive. Exactly. So, once again, give it a whirl. That's what I said. <laughs> That's what I said. What could happen? All your hair could fall out. But sisters, I was thinking of you could all because you're in the heat there in Southern California, and maybe you should go to the movies. Mm-hmm. So I ha- I want to talk about some movies. These are not movie reviews because I am no entertaining Sheila, but I, I have some commentary on some movies. The first one is Owen Wilson's new movie. No Escape. Have you heard about this? So uh, Yes, I've seen the trailer for this. Yes, yes. It's action-oriented, and uh, there's a checklist. Like, I mean, uh, this movie was made for me because, <laughs> A, it has Owen Wilson in it, uh, who, I, who I love. And, oh, you know, I, I, I didn't love, know that. I didn't yes, know that. I generally like him in everything. He, he, in my mind, is the exact opposite of Nicolas Cage, <laughs> who I generally do not like in anything he's done. So regardless of the quality of the movie, I never like Nicolas Cage in a movie. And reg- Got it. Uh, and yeah. Owen Wilson, always like him. Um, it co-stars Lake Bell. 
Okay. And Liz, I know you in, you recommended mm-hmm. one of her uh, mm-hmm. movies a couple of years ago right. called In a World. Which and, is great that she started and made. Yes. 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 She's very talented. I enjoyed her. This movie is also, it, the subject matter, it's about expats. Okay. Which, you know, I was one. And uh, it's, um, it's, it's situated in Asia. And I lived in Bangkok. I love all things. I love all movies about Asia. So I thought that was good. It's an action movie. So my husband's in. Okay. So that's good. <laughs> and uh, just as the kicker, it has Pierce Bronson in it. Um, oh. which, uh, which, you know, I always enjoy him. Uh, He's very vibrant. Yes. <laughs> he is. Yes. He has vibrance, I think. Yes, Sorry, he That's used yes. in a sentence. Yes. So... <laughs> So there's many, so there were like many elements of this movie coming together, you know, that, that I enjoyed. And I really felt like in certain elements, they, they totally nailed like this, this young family moving to Asia and sort of the combination of excitement, bewilderment, disorientation of moving to another country. Um, in fact, there's a scene in the movie where Lake Bell is, um, She's up at night. She's crying in her hotel bathroom. And I did the same thing when I first got to I was like, I did that. I did that. She's great. Okay, so, so all of that is good. But here's the part that is not good. The movie is set in Asia, okay? Asia is not a country, okay? <laughs> Asian... Asian is not a people, okay? Right. I don't know what studio head made the decision. I, I'm saying it's not Owen Wilson's fault. It's not like Bell's fault. I'm just saying that somebody else associated with this movie decided we don't need to identify the country that this family is moving to. It's just going to be enough to be Asia. And it's just going to be enough that the bad guys in the movie are going to be Asians. We'll just, oh, oh, yeah. You're kidding. That's it. Yeah. They, they just... <coughs> They didn't, you know, that's, they, uh, you know, I don't know why. Why would you do that? Like, why not set it in a real country? You know, they didn't. No, they made it like all the general, general, all the Asians are just like backdrop in this movie. And, and in just in a sort of a really weird way, you know? And so that to me is, I don't know. Why did they do this? They didn't want to offend people or. Yeah, probably. They or didn't do well and quote the Asian market. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Or did they didn't care enough to place it in a real country? Like we won't, it won't make a difference to Americans. They don't know anything about Asia anyway. I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> well, I actually heard some film reviewers talk about this film, Julie, and that's exactly what they said. They identified this. Well, they just said it was ridiculous, but they <laughs> said this is clearly just kind of a resume film for this first time director. So he just, there aren't a lot of great details. It's all about sort of the shots and this and that. So that you're, you've nailed it. Yeah. It's just, they just literally didn't care enough to, to identify a country. I, which is that would just, have been work. That would have been. <laughs> I know that would have been. I mean, they would have had to like maybe have a storyline or bring yeah. or that these Asians in the movie would have <laughs> yes, a point crazy. of view or that they were characters or they were. It's just they're like generic. I, I mean, it was really it was very offensive to me. You know, it's 2015. You just can't get away with saying, okay, this is all Africa or the Middle East. I mean, that, I just don't think that's fair. I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it's sensitive. And I think we're all 
we're all too smart to do that now. Yeah. So, yeah. So Plus, doesn't it make it a better story? <clears throat> Leanne, you're a writer. Isn't, yes. it, isn't it sort of like the more specific <laughs> details you can provide, the more generally appealing it becomes, right? Well, like, I think people do like to read stories with a sense of place. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, I, I just, I know that I do, so I strongly believe in that. So mm-hmm. that I, I do. Yeah, I, I think it does. But it also takes a lot of research and work and you know, the movie business is just kind of geared towards how many people can they sell tickets to in all of Asia. You know, that's unfortunately right. kind of mm-hmm. what a lot of their creative <clears throat> decisions are based on. So they probably thought keeping it generic was the way to go in terms of ticket sales. What's mm-hmm. the title of this movie, Julie? It's called No Escape. And it's yeah, that's a generic, generic title. <laughs> I mean, no, no escape from Asia. <laughs> from Asia. One, of, one of my favorite movies is called In Bruges. I mean, the movie <laughs> is about Bruges. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the whole movie, right? And yeah. that's what makes it so good. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a pity because there, there are other elements of this movie that I liked very mm. much. And, uh, and it's so, so, uh, so it's not a review; it's just a commentary. Mm-hmm. Got and, it. And my second one is uh, is uh, again, it's not a review, but I'm just saying, Mistress America, uh, which came out I think last weekend, starring Greta Gerwig, um, is something that you should really look into. Okay, because uh, it's kind of like talk about it has a great sense of place in this uh, in this movie which seems almost like a play. It seems more like a play that you're watching on a movie screen, but it's kind of catcher of the rye meets working girl. And I don't want to say that's, I don't want to say much more. Provocative. Provocative. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But if you, if you like messy people, and I don't mean physically messy, but people that don't have it all figured out, uh, then I think you're going to like this movie because this is about, uh, this is about a, a couple of messy girls, and they're trying to figure out their lives in New York. And uh, it was one of the, it was it's a movie that I wish I really had a pen and a piece of paper to write down some of the just incredibly witty lines that are in this movie. So, uh, so it's a hot day, girls. I, I think you would enjoy Mistress America. Okay. All right, Julie. Greta Gerwig is one of those actresses that you say her name and. I know I've heard it, and I'm sure I've seen her in things, but I absolutely cannot picture her, and I have no idea who she is. You know? (laughs) She'd be happy to hear that, Liz. (laughs) Sorry, Greta. She should be in that movie, No Escape. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Leon, you had an oh, observation. I'm sorry, yeah. I was actually IMDb and Greta Gerwig while you were. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Fin- finish I, doing that then. But I, I, Mistress I America is popping up. So let me, I'll get back. Let me do my story, then I'll get back to that. Okay. I know her sister is in girls. So, um, and oh, really? her father, yeah, her father's like the, he's a, he was like the guitarist for Slayer or something. Like, wow. honestly, yeah, you know a, a lot about Greta Gerwig already. Good well, you. the L.A. Times did a story on her uh, two weeks ago when it came out, and it was not a very flattering story. It actually made me not want to go see the movie because she just seemed like sort of a slacker who happened to fall into um, acting, which I always think is just a bad that's a that's a bad talking point. You know, that's a bad thing. <laughs> I didn't yourself. know that about. I didn't know that about her. I but just, I think that's maybe not true. I think that was just kind of the, the it was the story was really poorly written, is what I would say. I, I thought it was just an oddly written profile of her. And I think when you read that in L.A., when there are so many excellent actors who cannot get work, it must make people want to throw things through the window. That's what. <laughs> I, so, 
I'll get back to you on her IMDb page. But all right, here you go. Single sisters, little theme in the New York Times wedding section today. Really fun story. The big, one of the featured weddings, two stage actors, Kate McClug- McCluggage and Robert Eli got married. Of course, they met uh, when they starred in the 2006 production of Twelfth Night in mm. at a theater. And here was the saucy detail uh, that I thought was very good. At the end of the, one of their monologues uh, that he has, they kiss. So on the last night of the performance of Twelfth Night, she actually tucked a little pearl into her mouth. And when she kissed him, she transferred the pearl <gasps> And he pulled it out on stage, and the audience went nuts. Oh, my gosh. One of the greatest theater moments he's ever had, but she was involved at the time. And then they re-met in another show, and that's when they got together. And I thought, well, that is a great, like, theatrical story. Mm. Yeah. Wait a minute. She was involved with someone else when she did The Pearl? Yes, but she's an actress, so you're, yeah. they had to kiss. And okay. she just was trying to create a moment on stage, she said. And okay, it all right. A moment, something else. But then it was several years later before they re-met, so it wasn't, it, okay. it wasn't that. But here you go. This is another, another theater story, another young couple, Jana and Gregory. They met girls because they're both amateur opera singers, <laughs> and they met in 2009. During a production of <laughs> opera at the Bronx Opera. I just think maybe you guys should do some community theater or something. <laughs> I think well, Sheila and I should each sort of hit the board. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see Sheila as Mary and the Librarian reviving that performance from summer. But I think there's an opportunity for a more mature Marion performance. So I'm just saying, I think maybe a little community theater, some performing arts. You never know what's going to come of it. That's a okay. little... Mm-hmm. Little Pasadena Playhouse. Oh, yeah. 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 Get so up behind start, that Netflix. You might want to start smaller with like the Sierra Madre. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go to Alta Eats and the Altadena yeah. Community yeah. Theater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. So, um, all right. I have a little bit, a bit of a Facebook roundup because, you know, you know, you can Satellite Sisters, we have a Facebook page. So if you like the page, you get all of our news and you get our new shows when we post them. Anything we want to put on Facebook comes from the page. But then we have a Satellite Sisters group. And if you join the group, well, then that's up to you to uh, post your own stories. We have a lot of interesting things going on in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. But I noticed that yesterday... Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook uh, announced that for the first time in a single day, a billion people used Facebook. A billion with a B, billion Mm. with a B people. That is one in seven people on the planet. Um, And so we don't have anywhere near a billion people in in our group yet. (laughs) So room for everyone over there in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. They actually have one and a half billion people use Facebook every month. But this was the first time on a single day. It's really kind of crazy, don't you think? I mean, it's what's great about Facebook is that it really does connect you well to all kinds of people that otherwise you would not be connected to. But it's it's amazing what a cultural force it is in, you know, a decade or so, really. Right. Yeah, um, it's not old. That's what's amazing. Yeah. It's not like saying, oh, a million people use the mail system today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's no Instagram as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, it is the same company. Uh, <laughs> so that's good, too. 
good for you, Mark and people. Uh, carry on. You're connecting the world. Uh, we are definitely for that here at Satellite Sisters. So among the things posted by you on our Satellite Sisters group this week that I wanted to call out, um, Kim posted a story about the Philadelphia Naked Bike Ride. So as you know, if you are a longtime listener, Monica has been talking about this for a long time because the Portland Naked Bike Ride has existed for a very long time and is very well attended. And we even posted just a month or two ago a tasteful photo of the Portland Naked Bike Ride um, on our Facebook group. So um, Kim was pointing out that this is the seventh time that it's run in Philadelphia. But the good news, she helpfully points out, is that at least it's not at the same time that the Pope is here. So I think she's right. I think, you know, uh, the Pope's coming to Philadelphia, and she just wanted to make sure he's not going to get off that plane, kiss the ground, and see a bunch of naked people on bikes. So uh, that won't happen. She's happy about that. And Erin noted in her comment that she accidentally saw a naked bike ride in London. And that seems like something you don't want to bump into by accident. So (laughs) thank you, Kim. Thank you, Erin. Now, Leah, she posted this specifically for Monica because Monica on the show, um, July 1st, uh, marijuana became legal in Oregon. And Monica was talking about the implications of that sort of in the news and in culture around Portland and around the state of Oregon, that people seem to be having a lot of fun with legalized weed in general, that just like talking about it, taking pictures of it. And Monica mentioned that the Oregonian, the newspaper in Portland has a live weed cam in the newsroom so that you can see every individual in Portland is now allowed to grow four pot plants. So the weed cam in the Oregonian shows their four plants. But uh, (laughs) Leah shared the story that it's already moved on to the next level because the headline was Oregon wedding features weed bar as huge hit for guests. So here's what they did. So John Elledge and Whitney Alexander got married and they thought, well, instead of just having, you know, serving drinks, they provided a weed tent. And they wanted to make oh. sure they wanted to make sure it was separate from the rest of the wedding, so there wasn't a secondhand smoke situation. Oh. That was, uh, but and in the weed tent, this is why this is going to keep happening. They had a bud tender, and so you got your bartender serving your drinks, and you got your bud tender in the weed tent. So I'd rather have a raw bar. I mean, really. <laughs> Right. I mean, seriously. That you're you're just, going for the clams and oysters and yeah. shrimp. How about, shrimp the, yeah. how about the grandparents? Come on. Let's let's really. But, but Sheila, they made a point, you know, and they even quoted. So the wedding planners were quoted in the story uh, about how careful they were to make sure that the tent was far away from anyone that didn't need or want to even know about it. Well, yeah. even worse, they you like drawing your guests far away to the secret weed tent. It's just like, yeah, well, okay. I, and yeah. I don't think people under the influence of marijuana are going to be big dancers. No. Like once you get yeah. high on marijuana, you just sit there and eat. Okay. Well, they did say they provided a lot of extra snacks. Of yes. course they did. They have to have a whole separate snack table. 
for the people who smoke weed. Anyway, I'm just bringing it up because Monica pointed out that it was going to be a thing. Her prediction was this was going to take over the cultural discussion in Oregon. And here you go. Weed tent, bud tender. Uh, it's happening, people. And then one last thing. This is just a thank you to Jonelle. She's been posting beautiful photos of her daughter's been hiking the Appalachian Trail all summer. You guys have all seen those photos, right? I yeah, love they're that. beautiful. They're yeah. great. And so yeah, she's just she's just coming into the White Mountains and so there was a beautiful picture of her climbing there and hiking along. So thanks Jonelle. I mean, it's been really fun for us to follow along on your daughter's story that way. So thank you very much for sharing that with the Satellite Sisterhood. We uh, and if you haven't already posted all of those photos, hashtag Sat Sister Summer Fun. I'd get in on the action now, Jonelle. Quick before we pick the winner. Anyway, Liz, so- Liz I would like to now issue a public apology to Greta Gerwig. Um, <laughs> See, like- it was someone totally different. It was the other co-star of that movie, <laughs> Lola Kirk. Who? Yes. yes, there you go. She, she, in fact, is the sister of the uh, the girl in Girls, and um, and her father was uh, the a drummer for Bad. <laughs> Okay. Close. close. I was so close on so many details. Um, Except you proved my point that nobody knows really about who Greta Gerwig is, right? So I can tell you, Greta Gerwig seems to have a very fine background. Her father was not a guitarist for Slayer. He was, in fact, a computer programmer from Sacramento, California. Okay. Uh, She went to Barnard College, which is a very fine school, and it appears she worked very hard where she wrote plays and was the co-founder of an improv group called the Tea Party ensemble good name greta love it uh-huh. uh she's been in many high profile movies uh with fancy pants directors noah bernbach bombach sheila he's one of your favorites he's the one that did um, right. america but she's worked with woody of course with stillman it's another sort of preppy fave and she was in francis ha she was the star of that and she got a lot of attention for that. Um, that came it's, it's on Netflix, if anybody wants it's to see Netflix. it. It's on Netflix. So Greta looks like a, an outstanding actress who has really worked hard for her success. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I am sorry, Greta. I'm sorry, Greta. Okay, now we really all have to go see the movie. Because, okay. And yes. Sheila, are you pouring a drink? Oh, what? what this? I, it, yes. it, I, just, I just had to get a little hit of seltzer. It's warming up in my apartment. <laughs> just... It was pretty easy to guess, though, wasn't it, Joel? <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Uh, anyway, okay. So there you have it. Uh, Satellite Sisters Around the Horn for the week. What do you guys have coming up? Anybody? Tuesday, Tuesday we have a, a great show coming on Tuesday, right, Liam? Always. Great show. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole tribute to Greta we're doing, right? <laughs> yeah. A whole hour on Greta Gerwig. <laughs> I feel really, really bad. I, I so close, but so far away. But you know, I mean, based on last uh, this past Tuesday show, where you explained black holes and what Stephen Hawking is yeah. trying to tell us about the end of time. Um, you know, the I enjoyed the flip. Normally, you say the Tuesday show is going deep on shallow things, but this past Tuesday. You went going deep on shallow, right? <laughs> Last Tuesday, you went shallow on deep things. So, yeah. You know, yeah. maybe you do with the salute to Greta. We're all going to look forward to that. <laughs> Get some audio clips from Francis Ha. Okay, don't promise too much, Liz. That's, I'm only kidding. We would never Liz, do that. back off. Back we don't off. know how to do that. We don't know how to do that. 
okay. Well, it really is the final, final last week of summer coming up uh, next weekend, Labor Day weekend. We we took a little poll. Oh, some of us decided to work Labor Day weekend. So I think you're going to get a show here uh, next Sunday and the winner of the hashtag Sad Sisters Summer Fun. So um, you guys have a good week. Have fun. You too. Enjoy the final dog days of August. And we are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.